you're listening to Raw, the 90s rave podcast with me, Chrissy Richards and Tom Latcham, as we bring you the second half of our exclusive interview with rave pioneer DJ Slipmat, a.k.a. Matt Nelson. Now we're going to find out a bit more about him as a person. And these are probably questions that you you don't necessarily know because he's never maybe never been asked or if he was asked, it was in the 90s and it was pre-internet. So uh, none of this stuff exists. Uh, so call it a public service, really, uh, for all 90s rave fans. Uh, but we're going to do a quick fire round, Matt. We want you n- no prevaricating, just quick, 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 bang, bang, bang. So uh, should we start? Yeah. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Well, we sort of know this, but real name. <laughs> Matt what? <laughs> Matt Nelson. Age? 53. Ooh, wow. just, but not looking a day over 52. Uh, <laughs> originally from? Uh, I was born in Loughton in Essex. And where do you live now? I live in Harlow. Kids, if yes, how old? I've got two. So my daughter's 26. My son's 17. And Rachel, my partner, her son is 23 tomorrow. Um, and what music do you like except rave music? Um, my biggest love has always been reggae, I think, really. Um, but I, I'm quite diverse. I like all sorts. Do you have a favourite non-rave song? Yeah, there's loads. I'll tell you what, a little bit sort of very or very different. Imagine John Lennon. Favourite movie? Interesting one. I've never seen Star Wars. Nah, nor me. For that. What? Nah, nor me. What's the point? It's for oh, nerds, isn't it? It's for nerds. I like the fact that I've not seen it now. No, so I, I, yeah, I know it's really good fun, isn't it? Telling people that you've never You're seen it. You're just both going to be stubborn until Paul the end King's of King's days. Paul is thinking, oh, how have you never seen that? I, I can tell he's a Star Wars fan. You can just uh, by the look of him. Is that right? The first three, yeah. The first three. The last 18, is it? Or whatever. <laughs> no interest whatsoever. None that. at all. I, I would agree with that. Fa- favourite. Uh, I'm not really a film buff at all. Um, one that sticks out is The Green Mile. Yes, great book too. Love the book. Yeah. Do you have a favourite TV show? MasterChef. Nice. Ah. Are you a good cook? Uh, That's not part of the questions, by the way. I'm just asking because no, you're, cause you're no. cooking after this. Oh, right, okay. Um, I wouldn't say good cook, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking. Uh, celebrity yeah. crush? Kylie Minogue. Oh, I uh, wouldn't I mean, that have is of, expected of an age, that one. Of course it is. It's no, no, do you know it what? It was about though? 30 years ago they got married, <laughs> wasn't it? Uh, no, no, do you know what, though? I actually met her. Ah, there you go. We got there eventually. And she gave me a kiss on the cheek. Yes. Did she say Ah. you're my favourite DJ? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually at the top of the pops. Oh, there you go. go. That makes sense. She was lovely. She she actually came in. The producer went, we said, oh, look, you know, can we meet some of the people? And the producer actually went and got her and brought her in to come and say hello to us. Oh, it's Slipmat. She heard that we were there. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to all your sets. I love you very much. So uh, just tell us one thing about yourself um, that you think will surprise everyone. Probably the book thing. So I used to drive up and down the motorway listening to the same music every every week or the, or the latest sort of stuff that was coming out when it was an old school. Um, and now I don't listen to hardly any music in the car at all. Just listen to books, books, books. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, why is that? Is, that's, it, is, that's, is there been a reason? That's probably surprising. Yeah. Has there been a reason why that has changed? No, just just as I've changed, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do listen to me. I do listen to music if I if I need to, but I've sort of grown out of that having to listen to it all the time. I think you have the same thing as well, don't you, Paul? With your cabin, you've uh, started listening to audio books and stuff as a way to uh, rather than just music all the time. 
Yeah, there's, a, there's only a certain amount of happy alcohol you can listen to. What? Was, no, <laughs> don't say that. Not on the 90s yeah. rave podcast. I was I was literally driving around London in my cab. I'm listening to my old slip mat sets from Helter Skelter. And, uh, I bet they love that. I saw a was. He's a businessman. Yeah, can you like, shut up? Yeah, yeah. It's gone from that to audio books as well. Uh, yeah. Podcasts, yeah. What's it? Fibesy, he'll never... If I've been on the road with him loads of times, and if I put music on, he'll turn it down. Right. Never has music what he like in the car. He listen He'll to? listen to Talk Sport or something like that. Of course he does. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Fine yeah. station. Exactly. I used to work there. Even I've been on there. You have, <laughs> and that's why we know each other. You're listening to uh, Matt Nelson, aka DJ Slipmat, here on Raw, the 90s Rave podcast. You hopefully know a little bit more about him than when you first started, and there's much more on the way. So this is Raw, the 90s Rave podcast. Anything you want to get in touch with about, please, please, please do so. Hello at the 90s Rave podcast.co.uk. Plus, we are also on all of your social media channels. You just have to search for the 90s Rave podcast. So it's probable that you now know a little bit more about Slipmat than when we started this episode of Raw. We would like to know more about him as a person. Yeah, indeed. So can you describe yourself in five words? Very nice. Well, you've with... used that one word with very. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, talented with music. Very good. Okay. Boom. There we go. There we go. So, what does it take to make it um, as a top DJ? Is it natural talent, a good ear? Um, is it who you know? Most of it is just having that um, that sort of passion for it. So, passion is always passion is being willing to suffer for doing something that you want to do, that you really, really want to do. So. I think it's about that. I've seen so many people over the years that, um, you know, that have had good opportunities and whatever. And when it comes to a bit of hard work, they're like, oh, I don't know, I can't be bothered. Or, or they just naturally don't push themselves enough. I get, totally get that. Well, you grew up in Essex, as you said. In, in La- well, you were born in Loughton. I don't know if yep. you lived there for... <clears throat> 18 years. Okay. Um, in the 70s and the 80s, uh, you were growing up there. Yep. So what was that like? Pretty... Pretty sort of standard. So I was on a um, sort of Debden count on the edge of Debden Council estate. So it was um, playing out every day with your mates, walking to school, walking back, coming home, getting changed, um, playing out, getting called in for me dinner. Usual sort of seventies sort of sort of thing that you know people talk about um, drinking from the hose and the hose pipe and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it really was a proper sort of seventies. Background, going down the shops, misbehaving a bit. It was never that bad, but you know we used to get into bits of trouble. We used to go up the the old school up the road and jump around on the roofs and get chased down and stuff like that. But then you know also we we were going up to London at ten years old. Really, me and my mates, we, me and my best mate would get ten number six in the um, in the news agents. This is at ten, and get a red bus rover and then go up to to um, London Bridge to do what. To just, I think we used to go London Dungeons. We did it quite a few times. London Dungeons, and then just walk around. So, by the age of four, you bought your first record. What um, was that? It was um, Clodagh Rogers' Jack in the Box. I think it was called. I'm just your Jack in the Box. Really no shit show. <laughs> Everyone's first tune was shit. Except well, I was four by the way, years old. I can't be. Except by the four, way, I will I? say my first tune was not shit. It was New Order. World in Motion for the England World Cup 1990. I bought wow. a little vinyl. So everyone else has got a really crap one, but I actually have got quite a good one. What was yours? The first record I actually bought was um, People's Party Remix by Hixie and Sunset Regime. Oh, that was the first very record brand. I bought. Yeah! <laughs> 
And so what music was on in your house? Were you a musical family? Were your yeah. parents musical? Yeah, so I was playing records at, while I was crawling around before I was walking. Um, they had loads of um, sort of 60s stuff, rock and roll and 60s stuff, tons of records about... Um, I'm fine, they weren't musical, but they had, the whole family used to like listening to music. So there was records. I was playing records. My mum reckons I was playing records at 18 months. <laughs> so they're one of them old mono box record players with a lid mm. and used to load up load it up with a lot of singles and then it was automatic but I used to do the whole thing wow and then yeah well, if, <coughs> if anyone was born to be a DJ then yeah oh totally yeah and by 10 you had played your first gig at your school disco it probably would have been a mixture of probably Elvis the Beatles and then some soul music that was sort of around at that time, sort of disco. <laughs> Were you disco mixing it, or was it just... No, no, no. I actually stuff. took my dad's record player into school. Okay. So he had a... I think we were one of the first people in our street to have a, a stereo system. Um, he used to... He was a warehouse manager, so he... And he used to be able to take some of the damaged bits and pieces home, or he'd get given them, or, or a huge discount. Um, so he ended up with this really, really... Um, posh stereo system from Norway it's called Tenberg it was uh, it's just just amazing so anyway I took his took his record player into into school so if there was a there was a family how did it go party, down did you clear the room one, or was it a popular one. set as far as I remember it was alright yeah I don't think anyone was allowed to leave anyway so I'm pretty lucky we all love a bit of Elvis don't we right I do no oh, I can take it I used to be a big ah, Elvis fan I'm still a big Elvis fan yeah. I've been to his house have you really yeah and then reggae as well, because there can't have been many people listening to reggae no. in the 70s and 80s in Essex. Especially a white kid from, yeah. from Loughton. So why? Why reggae? What? <clears throat> um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I was a little bit different. I started listening to, what got me into it? I started listening to Rodigan on Capital Radio, and it was just something about the music. It was something to do with the production of it and all the jingles that he used to play. And the way it was so sort of stereo and just sort of, but raw at the same time. You know, there's something really edgy about about that sort of dub sound. And is that when you started mixing records for the first time with, with reggae? Yeah, I was doing, <clears throat> I loved all the echo stuff. I ended up getting myself an echo chamber <laughs> with like a cartridge, like a really old-fashioned one with a cartridge in it. And then we had these reel-to-reels at home as well. So I'd do all sorts of weird recordings and stuff and make sounds and, and record them echoing. You still got it? You still got any of that stuff? <clears throat> Um, I don't think I've got the echo chamber anymore. No, I think that would have worn out. No, but have you got the recordings? What you made? From I've got the, from some the time? of it. Yeah. Have you? Have you, yeah. listened, have you listened back? It's pretty pony. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, and I've got I've got bits of it. Yeah. Well, have it? Are, they, are they anywhere where we can listen to them? No. Oh please. <laughs> oh, go oh please, please. Go Maybe on. we can have an exclusive <clears throat> on the Nineties Ray podcast. I probably. Oh, it'd be amazing. I could probably find a couple of. Um, couple of old mixes that were on Real to Real. That, I could oh, give that, you a that would be really fantastic. Fun. So tell us about your entry into the DMC. You were, I believe, against Carl Cox and Hype. Yeah. Did How did that go? I mean, but you wouldn't have been, I mean, I was going to say, did you think, oh, shit. But actually, you wouldn't know who they were, right? They were just random guys um, who were also uh, alongside you. I think it's eight, 89 or 90. So it was Carl Cox the first year I did it. I can't remember. His, I can never remember if it was 89 or 90. So I knew who Carl Cox was, but he obviously was nothing... You know, like he's net these days. Um, yeah, I can't really remember. We were just, me and Lime were just into the whole hip hop thing. You know, obviously, way before that, we wanted to be DJs and stuff. So I managed to get um, my 1210s 
and that was it. As soon as I got on, the day I got on, that was it. I was practicing scratching and, and mixing and stuff. Um, when did you think, you know what, I like can make a career in this? Hip-hop style. I can make a career so, in this? No, not really, no. No, it wasn't about that. It was never about making right. a career. It was just a hobby that I could make some money in. And when you, when you saw Carl Cox mixing and you saw Hype mixing at the DMCs, were they, were they noticeably good? Did you think these guys are... I've got a future here. Hype, hype was very skillful. Right. Um, the one with Cole Cox was with DJ Pogo as well, who's another really good scratch DJ. Cole Cox was, was never a scratch DJ. So he was good. His mixing was good. Very, very good, of course. Did you bring um, any gimmicks to the DMC? Because you know some of them, they do mad things like they put, I don't know, they have like mixing their tongues and chickens stuff. on their hands, no, rubber that... chickens. And... <laughs> no, there wasn't a lot of that in my heat, actually, to be honest. How did you get on? Um, it was just that I think the most thing was like turning around and yeah, doing yeah. The, behind your back. the crossfader behind your back. <laughs> How did you get on? Brilliant. Where did you rank? Um, I got through to the evening, both years. So the first year was Cole Cox was in it and he won. He won that heat. I don't think he went on to do, to, to get any further than that, I don't think. Um, and then the second year, I got through to the evening again. That was with Hype. That was at Ealing, um, Broadway Boulevard. Um, and I didn't didn't win anything in the evening. Did Hype win? I think he probably did actually. Yeah, okay. it was him and Pogo because I remember them being there being a bit of rivalry between their sort of crews and that. You know, any backstage Barney's? Um, <laughs> not yeah. I think between Hype and Pogo, there was there was real tension. Yeah. And so, how did you get into rave music? Because you know, DMC is largely hip hop. And so, how did you move then? So, what got you into rave music? So, so I was into the into house music when it when that first started which was 86 which was before the dmc thing and that as well um and by 19 sort of 1988 real sort of rave thing has started we were going up camden palace and places like that raving um i had my first actual set in 88 actually in camden place called hq in camden lock and that was for the geezer that then part, partnered up with my brother in 89 to start Raindance. Right. So then when Raindance started, my brother's been a bit of an entrepreneur. He's uh, like, right, okay, you know, he had, obviously had music all around him with me playing the music all the time. Um, he was a bit of a clubber himself as well and just thought, right, okay, I need to put a rave on. So, um, I mean, if you can't get a booking off your brother, then you're in yeah, trouble, exactly. aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So do you remember the first rave tune that you ever bought? Might have been Jackie Body, actually. <laughs> Steve Silk Hurley, Jackie Body, which actually got to number one. Um, but I think I, I, I got it on an import, so I was a little bit cooler then. It wasn't just a chart, <laughs> it wasn't just a chart moment. Okay, mate. <laughs> uh, and and what, were the, uh, what were the sort My of... My first import I bought was up at um, HMV in Bond Street in 1977 or 78, you make me feel like Sylvester. Wow. 329. And what's, uh, what would you, what rave records were you really into at that, at that point? It was a lot more diverse back, back then. So it was all sort of quite housey, quite sort of techno-y, a lot of New York stuff. So New
I'd just go in and go behind the counter and then eventually go behind the counter and take all the tunes home and then bring back what I didn't want. Well, that's nice. Stuff. Yeah. So, Offer yeah, the returns so policy. Cool. Yeah, well, I spent, <laughs> I was spending so much money in there. Really? Yeah, mate. How much would you spend so, a week? Um, I suppose 40, 50 quid. But record shops, I mean, they were really important to the 90s rave scene, weren't they? Um, it was a culture, wasn't it? It was. It was a place where people went and they didn't just buy a record. You made friends, you kind of hung around, you'd pick up flyers. I yeah. mean... There'd be people that would go to the record shop, not buy a thing, ever. They'd just go and stay. That's true. They? Listen yeah. to the music, chat to everyone. And how important were they, though, for the scene? Obviously, in a pre-internet age... That's where you... That was where you got your info from. That's where the buzz came from, wasn't it? So all the flyers were in there um, and it would be, right, you know, what's going on? And I suppose you'd pick up where everyone was going. Do you feel like an important part of the scene overall is lost since kind of like everything's gone digital? You certainly lost that culture to it, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Do you feel sad about that? It's a shame. In, it is a shame in a way, but then if we had to go back from where we are now, to have an easy access to all the information, it would probably be a, a ball ache. Probably be shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in your time, right, you've known a lot of MCs and a lot of DJs. Oh, <laughs> um, but what was it specifically about Lime that led you to work with him and become SLT? With John, I was at school with John. So we was at Buckerstill County High School together from 11 years old. Um, and it was sort of me and him that were... <clears throat> We sort of become sort of classmates for or mates through through the music. He was into you know similar sort of music to me. Into the he was more into the electro and I and I sort of I, my sort of reggae thing going on. But we were into the the whole dance dance music sort of thing, you know. And then when house music come out, that was it. We were both hooked. Together. So you were friends at school. Yeah, yeah. Um, was one of you like a cool one and the other one a nerdy one? I was one, a cool or? one. <laughs> he was the nerd. nerd. That's, well, that's where you're wrong because uh, we've supposed to like no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you shut up. Well, he, he actually, he does actually joke that I used to bully him at school. I was never a bully at school, not in slightest. It's all coming out now. No, no, but, Slip out the bully. So this is Raw, the 90s rave podcast. Another feature we're going to be running here on Raw is Tune 101. I've got to say, I didn't come up with that title. That was all the work of uh, Miss Chris E. Manick. But it's going to see our guests select three rave tunes they hate. Yes, so three of your most hated rave tunes. It could be for any reason. There was was one one tune that I don't like. It's funny, actually. I was chatting with JJ the other day. KWS, please don't go. Yeah. Which actually... That yeah. <laughs> but it was number one when, when yeah when um when we were number two in the chart that that pipped us to to the post to number one we were number one in the in the network chart um and we were number one in the midweek chart and then um kws don't please don't go got in there and it kept us out the number one spot <laughs> it was so that's not annoying. even about the tune is it that's just because it stops it's you being then. number one yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any others? What what other tune? And, and if you, by the way, uh, don't say this, this by de facto means that you think that the Match of the Day theme tune that DJ Psy released <laughs> is not worthy of going into uh, Tune 101. Yeah, Psy's done a few bad tunes. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really has. I think one of one of them actually was, um, it's got to be, what was the Wigfield 
track. Saturday, Saturday night. night. Saturday night. Oh, that's, that's my favourite. Hicksy. It's the sort of thing that Tom loves. So Hicksy did a version. I oh, know, actually, yeah. <laughs> Proper cheesy program. I don't remember that one. No, I don't. Yeah, maybe I it's my well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Paul, Paul Kingsize, uh, our resident nerd, do you know this one? Well, is it post 97? Probably. Yeah, it's got to be. I, I, I won't know it then. Yeah. I was. Uh, I, I think anything that happened after that, I just sort of blocked out. If I'm honest, I think okay. I'm the. Well, biggest... you're no good for the '90s expert. You've only got seven years of it. Seven out of ten ain't bad, mate. <laughs> I'm the biggest cheeser here, so I'll and be alright. You know but no, I no, didn't know. Christ. It. I'm not sure. I would. I like wonder that. if it's on YouTube. We're gonna maybe you never got a plus dub plate. Might be the dub plate. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say say DJ size striker. So that's number three. Yeah, that's cool. You know, the whole size has done a lot of bad tunes. But you know, funny you know enough, that covers if you, a few. If you showed me a few size tunes, I could probably fully list that. And do you think? And have you told Sai that before? Does he know that? Well, um, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be embarrassed telling him. Okay, fine. No. <laughs> what would he say? He'd probably agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you're listening to Raw, the 90s Raid podcast uh, with me, Tom Latcham, uh, Chrissy Richards and DJ Slipmat. So we are going to now move on to your good pals, the prodigy. Uh-huh. We'd like to know how you met. Liam, actually. Me and, me and John were doing a set up at the barn in Braintree. And Liam actually came up and gave us his first record on, oh, pro- really? on promo. Yeah, he actually gave it to John, which I... Oh, <laughs> Devo. Why do you think that Shouldn't was? Shouldn't say that, really, should I? <laughs> Why do you think that was? Does he still have it? This is the question. Well, we, we, we were there together anyway. So okay, he, all right. He sort of gave it to both. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Liam. Liam came up and gave us his tune, and and um, well, so he was like, "Oh, new tune." He was like, "Look, you're you're a well-known DJ. Here's my here's yeah, my yeah. He he wasn't known at the time, so this was before he. I think it was his first release. Um, was it Android? Or yes. Uh, what evil lurks? Android. Yeah. On Excel. By the yeah. way, that, that so that's Paul <laughs> Kingsize, and we should say uh, Paul is our producer and absolute nerds in terms of music so I know any questions we've got it's always going to go right. straight to him that's sort of that's not why you only why you're here Paul but it is very useful <laughs> if I may say that um so what so what, what did you do with it did you, did you play it out do you yeah enough of course yeah 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 and uh, to um, the big crowds what I'm getting at is did you help to to, to create the prodigy um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, certainly I the would, hype around it that. and all that sort. Of, I'm not saying <coughs> well, to be big headed. I'm just genuinely like, if well, you know, you I, say it to a big crowd, that, that's that's well, how it goes, right? Yeah, I suppose I've I've definitely played my part in in um, pushing them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that is. I've, I've played all their tracks. Um, I do believe I was Liam's favourite DJ at one point as well. I think I had my name. What's happened? A shout on to his. <laughs> Why are you not anymore? Who was his favourite DJ well, now? Well, actually, I did support him in 2013. It feels like ages. No, it's you like said ages ago now. Isn't it? It, it was Seven really. Years ago. Yeah. Did you support them? It, didn't you support? No, no, like you supported them at New Year's Eve. Yes, at the O2. Yeah. Was that 2013? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I was there. That was seven years ago. Yeah. Hang on, is this Christ the one you were almighty. talking about earlier? Where? No, 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 no. That oh, wasn't. No, okay. That's that a, a different that was, New Year. That was a different it? New Year. I've seen you two years. Two years then. No, no. That, oh. that, I, I, I can remember the one at the O2. Yeah, I can't remember the That's one what that I saw you. It feels like last year or something. Yes. Christ. Yeah. So um, yeah, and they they just asked me out the blue to to finish off the whole night. So I came on. Literally, they went oh, as they were walking off. I was wheeled on. Not not myself. <laughs> Dex were wheeled on. And um, and then started straight away and then finished the night off. Yeah. 
And what were they like as lads? Because I mean, now we yeah, know this is yeah. massive, famous act. But once upon a time, you would you rave DJs together. So what I were mean, they like I'm, back, back I never then? Really, I was never really close with Liam at all. He, I found Liam very, very shy. So although we sort of knew each other and you know we'd met each other, and that, there wasn't a lot going on between me and Liam. Um, I'm still quite close mates with Leroy. Obviously, Keith not with us anymore, which was. Which was, dev- which was devastating, yeah. And I used to get on very well with Keith as well. He was sort of probably the friend, the most friendly one out of all of them, I think. Not, not necessarily more friendly than the others, but just outgoing, just more forward, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Did you ever see? Did anyone see that coming? Um, you know, I, I, cer- I certainly didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't sort of spent a lot of time with him for a long, long time. It, it was a relationship where we'd be like, "Hello, mate. How are you?" It's sort of very, very friendly and stuff. But no, I didn't even realise it. it. Didn't really occur to me that he'd, that he'd been having problems, but he'd had mental problems for quite a while, I think. Yeah. I know you were, you were on mm. Channel Four News talking about it yeah. at the time, weren't you? Yeah. Was, uh, you? You could tell your devastation at the time. Yeah, no, that's horrible. That's really, really um, shocking. That moment. Yeah, it when was. We found out. Yeah, it's big like, shock shit. to everyone. Rachel came into the. I was sitting in the studio, and she came in. And she was like, she's like, check the news quick, and we was like, fuck. What's your abiding memory of him? Do you know what he was just? He was just like Mr. Nice. He was just so such a lovely fella. But like like I was saying, really sort of outgoing and stuff. Just yeah. like the most friendliest person you could ever meet. And you just wouldn't imagine that he had demons and stuff. No, he does strike me as someone that would have been sort of like the life and soul of the party. And sometimes they tend to be the people that are hiding some kind of serious yeah, mental sort of health quite issues. Extreme, I suppose. Extreme in his sort of the way he acted and, and I don't know. Will we ever see his like again in the rave scene, do you think? No. No, I don't think so. Not at all. I think, I mean, the rave scene's changed anyway, so certainly a, a, a unique moment. Less room for people like Keith? Eccentrics and... No, probably um, probably not enough people like that, I think. Yeah. And cast your mind back... And cast your mind back to when you first saw the Prodigy, you were in rave DJs all together, but they obviously had PAs and stuff and that sort of thing. But did you ever think, did you ever see how big they would get? No, but you could tell from, from Liam's music that, um, that he had something special there. You could just, you know, there was definitely something really, really special about his music, just the, the way it was put together and stuff. So it was no surprise that they that they really sort of took off. How important would you say that the, the prodigy were to the 90s rave scene in general? Yeah, massive. Absolutely massive. It made it um, so much more international, I think. They were sort of ahead of their time, weren't they, as yeah. well with their tunes? Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, he was in a diff- different sort of league when he, Liam really, he was sort of, he wasn't just rave, there was a, a lot more potential there with him, whereas me and, me and Lyme, we made a few rave tunes, sort of thing, that's how I see us. This is Raw, the 90s rave podcast, we hope you're enjoying listening to them as much as we enjoy making them. But now here comes the money bit, we are three average people with expensive children and busy lives. We would love to continue bringing you more epic 90s rave content, but we need your help in order to do this. We've set up a GoFundMe page and you could become a part of this fantastic and exciting project documenting the 90s for less than the price of a posh loaf of bread. Head on over to GoFundMe.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast and help us to make history. (laughs) 
as a little fun feature, we have put together 25 of your tunes in a 40 second mega mix. <laughs> That's uh, like less than two seconds. Indeed. It was going to be a quick writing job. I can't you write. were, I've got to shout I would there's so many that happen in such a short space of time I just a note, try and just remember a quick, note, a quick yeah. note there we go could be embarrassing you know uh, <laughs> well so how well do you know your own tunes you write them down and we'll see okay. how you get on at the end Aftershock was the first track. Um, SMD3. Yep. I think it might have been SMD4, actually, the B side of it. Yep. That's my favourite SMD, by right, the way. Right, okay. Um, crowd control. Yes. Jump around. Yep. High love. Yes. Whammer brain. Yep. Live together. Yes. Hear me. Yes. DJs take control. Yes. Um, that's right, I'm not looking. That's all, that's all I've got. All right, you that's did really got, well. So you also no, had... Like, obviously recognisable, but... I mean, really, you should have got the, 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 one, the top two that you're going to read out. Was well, SMD1. Obviously. Right. SMD2. Obviously. We had to go through all the SMDs. <laughs> I could have just guessed those, couldn't I? Yes, yeah, indeed. Uh, drum beats. Oh, right, okay, yeah. On a ragged tip. Yeah. The noise. Pleasure. Uh, can you remember these tracks? I, I can. Because yeah. you look a bit blank. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise there were so many SL2 bits in there. SL Electro. Yeah. Right. Breaking Free. Yeah. Uh, Sunshine on a Rainy Day. Something yep. like this. Sunshine on a Rainy Day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drums of Doom. Did I say something like this? No. I did. Uh, but right. you wrote it. That's there, yeah. Something cool. like this. Uh, drums of Doom and The Big Spill. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 not out bad. of 25. Not bad. That isn't bad, bad is at it? all. That isn't bad. Well done. Just over half. Yeah. It's considering some of those tunes are older than like Me. most everyone's children now, you know. <laughs> I think you did very well. I think you did very well. You're listening to Raw, the 90s Rave podcast with me, Tom Latcham, and Chrissy Richards. We're on email at hello at the 90s Rave podcast.co.uk if you want to get in touch. Um, we're still here with the rave legend Slipmat. Um, our time, sadly, together is coming to an end. Um, so we're going to move on into the present and also look back from the future. What was your favourite 90s year for raving or DJing and why? I'd probably say 97, I think. Oh, that, that that's is a, a surprise. That's a big surprise. Yeah, why? Yeah, what do you think? I was well, going to say 92. Well, Paul's yeah. delighted because it's just at the end of his, his area of knowledge. <laughs> it's also the year that You Belong to Me came out. Oh, uh, well, oh, is that why? Is that why? <laughs> that is no, it. you can't keep doing that this. That was probably you it, can't yeah. Keep doing this. Slip, Matt, you do yeah. realise you're going to make my home life hell with this. <laughs> I think you might move out and move in with Slip, Matt. <laughs> 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 I think pretty much every year in the 90s was, was absolutely amazing. But um, but 97, I started partying 
properly for a while and it was just it was just um yeah pretty mad pretty mad yeah That's because good. of the drugs fun. because of the drugs not not because of that no i started going to to ibiza more i probably went to ibiza quite a few times i remember actually um, sorry being in ibiza one 2001 i think you were there uh you were in the west end and me and my friend uh, walked past. I think you were playing at Play 2. Yeah. And I remember there was a scouser standing next to you going, are you going to play Shooting Star, mate? Are you going to play Shooting Star? That's what I was trying to think earlier. And you were kind of like... The cheesy, cheesy Tune. ones, yeah. Was, it, was that in Tune 101? No, we well, liked it. Yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be, tune, it wouldn't be 101, but that was one of the ones that's sort of bordering on cheesy, yeah, stuff that I sort of had So did play. you play it? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for, as, just for him. No, as, as a DJ. I'll take him request. What do you want? Oh, oh, what? That night? No, I didn't play it that night. Oh, okay. no, not played too. Right, right. Oh, no. But you did, so you did no. play tunes that you didn't like? Of course, yeah, as a DJ. I think Why? you got to, yeah. Why? Yeah, it's not all about, it's not all about me. It's not all about DJ. I wouldn't play a whole set of tunes that I didn't like, just, just to play them. But, but if there's something, something going around, something that's cool at the time or something that everyone's into, yeah, I think as, as a DJ, I think you should. I, I have to say I never have. I mean, but then I've liked. I mean, there's a, probably I like a reason a lot why you're not music. the godfather I'm, of happy hardcore. I'm not. I'm not talking about something I really hate. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit different. But yeah. But there's no. There's plenty of tunes. Oh, I guess played, like you know the, the the sort of filler tunes. That you think it's not bad. Yeah. Now times people come to play Toy Town, you know, and I've I've been oh, oh. I just wouldn't have played it normally. But. It's like it's when you get so many people coming up asking for it. When are you going to play Toy Town? I guess you've oh, got to be a crowd pleaser as well, Christ, right? Imagine that. Um, not full time crowd pleaser. No, of course not. No. So looking back now, what are your feelings about the the nineties rave scene? Um, absolutely unique. Um, there will never be anything like it again. So I think I think that we're all we've all been through the nineties scene. We're all very very fortunate. I to, haven't. To have, I'm too young. You're not man. that young, are you? I am, I am. He, is. I am. he was, was a late comer. I went to my first rave in 2000. Did he you was really? a late Yeah, I know. So I'm actually not very well suited to this podcast, frankly, <laughs> but I just love the music. So, uh, and I love and love the people. I was saying the reason why I started doing this, and we, uh, we've got that little get to know you thing that we're doing. The, mm. the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't think the right 90s rave scene has been that well documented. It's certainly not um, the happy hardcore side of things, because yeah. you know, a lot of it was pre internet and it doesn't exist anymore. You know, the. the, the, the the sort of fanzines and all that sort of stuff where there were interviews with you guys they don't really exist anymore so I mm. wanted to go and and explore that totally yeah I don't think there's been enough about the 90s it'd be really nice to see some some decent documentaries actually about the whole hardcore the actual hardcore thing yeah yeah now that that would um, that would be really really good there's been loads of stuff on Jungle and there's been lots of stuff on Acid House but yeah, actually, really exploring the the hardcore side of things. I f- I think people would love it. I think, I think they absolutely love it. Yeah. But but yeah, for the for, you know for the nineties. Oh, right, us three, we're all very lucky. <laughs> well, but can I ask you a question though? In terms of so looking back now, so the reason is I think there maybe there hasn't been a lot of this stuff is because people feel it was a lot of it was shit, right? But a lot of it was fantastic. Do you think there's an embarrassment among people? Do you feel in, in any way embarrassed it wasn't, it wasn't, about some of it? No, about no, of it? no, not at all. No, no, definitely not. Not I still love it. I still mm. love doing it. Uh, I don't really want to sort of play the hardcore stuff too much now because I'm I'm playing house music. Mm. I'm more of a house DJ now, and it just doesn't really doesn't really mix. It, it could could even confuse some people. I think. Um, 
but no, certainly not embarrassed about it. And it's, it was never as cool. That was the thing because it was people. They didn't care, right? People gurning. They didn't care. That, didn't really care what they looked to look like. That was what made it brilliant. Of I course think. it was. Nobody people let go. Didn't yeah, they? exactly. Yeah. Nobody cared. They just had a good time. Yeah. So it wasn't. So it wasn't so cool. But it's surprising, actually, the amount of jungle DJs and drummer bass DJs that I've spoken to in more recent years that actually look back on the some of the hardcore tracks sort of fondly. It's surprising. Surprises me. I think maybe it's a bit of a misconception that it's not that popular. I think I think a good documentary on the 90s, the whole Happy Hardcore thing and everything, right away through the mid-90s yeah, yeah, yeah. would, would smash it. We've got a good question from somebody uh, on one of our posts, Rave A to Z, um, that said, do you think that social media and mobile phones um, have affected the rave scene? Yeah, massively. It's affected everything. So, yeah in a big way but not necessarily all negatively how has it affected it um it's it's made the world so much faster for a start it's brought everyone together so you can speak to anyone now so anyone can speak to to the djs or to the people that are involved there's you, those annoying people thing. on the dance floor when you're playing a set and they're all standing there holding up their ipads how do you feel thing? with that about people filming everything rather than actually having a good time yeah it's a bit silly sometimes i mean i've i've been guilty of doing that as well it's you know you want to grab a picture or something but yeah i, I do find it strange when people are just there they're just there taking video it's like you're never going to bloody watch it back no surely not and if you do you're a fucking idiot that's <laughs> very true it's very true oh, uh, unfortunately no one is doing this at the moment because of coronavirus as we talked about you know earlier on how have you found coronavirus with no raves, with no events? I know you've got a lot of, a lot of other stuff that you do, but mm. let's face it, playing out is your bread and butter. Yeah, so I'm a bit skinned at the moment. Right. <laughs> it's it's been. Do you know what? It's actually been quite a nice break for me. Um, and we both said it, Rachel, as well. We 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 don't go out. We don't go out loads during the week anyway. So most of my going out is we might go out for a meal once in a while, or at the weekend. <clears throat> so it's just the weekends really that that's been affected um and i'm still playing i'm probably playing to more people online than i would be live face to face so the first i think the first one i did and i, I never used to do any any of the facebook live stuff or anything so i've had to sort of embrace now you have to yeah, yeah I've, I've embraced it. I didn't have to, but I did embrace it. And then, you know, I've now got a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, Slip Matt, he's the, the Corona, D, you know, online DJ. <laughs> the godfather of Corona <laughs> DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the first one I did for Moondance, we had like 7,000 devices Fantastic. locked in. Amazing. That could be up to like 20,000 people watching. Mm. What do you think Mental. then the future is um, sort of post-coronavirus? Do you think the scene will ever go back to how it was before? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I actually, I actually do. There, there might be changes, but I think we, we normally we tend to snap back pretty. But, pretty, but the thing is, if, if we don't have uh, a vaccine, and and that may or may not happen at any point soon, mm. we just don't know. We have no idea. There will be social distancing measures. You know, they've just started recently saying you can have outdoor events, but only yeah. with social distancing measures. They're doing test events indoors, but again with social distancing measures. It's just not possible, is it, to have a rave? And it's not even about the dance floor necessarily. But who's standing in a in a fucking ring oh, a meter apart from? It's just not happening, right? It, it's no. not happening. It can't no. happen. That's just not how raves are. Is is raving as we know it over? No, I don't think so. 
You think it will just bounce back as I it think was so, before? Yeah. If you go, if you go sooner back, or later. If you go back to, um, I don't know if you've seen, there was a documentary on the 1918. Um, what was the Spanish, road scene Spanish like then? Flu. Yeah, music was a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, it took, I think it took like a year and a half or nearly two years for it to go. And they had the second wave, which was even more deadly. And they basically, I think that basically the conclusion was you either caught the virus and survived or you caught it and you pegged it. So it could be a case. So immunity case is the that. answer, you think? I mean, we're we're in a better position that <clears throat> well, we are not everyone, but it's affecting older people and vulnerable people. So they should most certainly be kept away from you know and and sort of isolated to an extent. Um, but we but the nineteen eighteen virus was affecting fit people, sort of fit young males. I think was the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a year and a half, a couple of years, and it was gone, and things went back to normal as far as, far as I know. I wasn't well, actually well, if alive. Well, do, if it does, let's say it does last two years, right? Most venues That's going to be tough. More, exactly. Tell, tell us yeah. what you think about that, because a lot of venues will shut. Yeah, I mean, a lot of venues are going to be shut already, I think. Um, We're an impatient bunch, tough. though, us ravers, yeah. right? We're not going to wait two years to rave. Do We're you a think lot more impatient big... than people were 100 years ago as well, in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think there was likely to be a big resurgence in uh, underground parties? There is, there's a lot of illegal parties going on Seems already. Seems to be a lot happening at the moment. I've put, put things out on my social media and people are like, well, actually, Matt, there's lots of parties going on already, sort of thing. So there's stuff going on, yeah. Um, it will... It's so, so hard to say in it, but I think people are expecting that, you know, people haven't been out for a long time since we're allowed, allowed to go back raving sort of normally, if that does happen. It's going to be huge and all that. It probably won't be. It'll probably be a bit of an anti-climax. A bit like all the New Year's Eve uh, yeah. millennium. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. People won't have as much money, I wouldn't think. Um, and actually, you probably get used to going out raving, so you've probably got a bit more energy. I would, I would imagine some people, especially the older ones of us, would be like, God, you know, not used to it. Maybe they'll do sit-down raves, because obviously <laughs> you can then space people out. And I've actually been, for quite some time, saying I'd really like to go to a sit-down <laughs> rave. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally the opposite. That sounds absolutely awful. Yeah. Count me depends out. On, I I saw, it depends on what drugs you're doing, I to saw, be honest. Well, yeah, yeah. I saw, um, saw a video. Someone put a video out of, of a lot of sectioned off rave and there was people dancing within the ropes. Probably, you probably saw the same But one. who's going to police and that? Rid- I mean, come on. But it's ridiculous though. If you stood there, if I stood there in a, in a square, of a rope, you ain't going to last long, are you? I just no. keep there dancing. Of course, you'd move. You'd get bored. Yeah, it's all it's, it's all about interacting. It's all about interacting with people, hugging people, hugging people. Yeah. So you think then there's been a few um, driving events where you obviously drive. I do mine this weekend. Actually. How do you feel about those? Then, seeing as there'll be no interaction I'll, there, I'll find, no, no, I'll they'll, find they'll, out they'll beat their horns. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think they'll get a lot of beeping of when you I'll, drop a, a trop tune. I'll find out on Saturday. I'm doing it. It's, it's a big fish, little fish. So it's a family thing. So. Um, Tell us about all of your other projects. We've left the hardcore. We're going to come into the present day. So I'm trying to write a book, which I've been trying to do for, for ages, which I, I sort of tend to do a tiny little bit and then run out of time and then don't go back to it for a while. So that's on the cards, but it could be another year, I reckon. I'm doing a thing called My DJ Hub, which is like a DJ tuition sort of community. We've got a website. We're doing webinars every week. Is that popular? Um, it, yeah, it is. Yeah, we're getting about 30 or 40 people every week at the moment. 
it's it's free it's free at the moment but it's just something we're sort of testing out nice to sort of share a bit of bit of experience with people we've got um nikki black markets coming and doing a webinar this week and then my <clears throat> other big thing that i do is slip back in time which we've got our ibifa event which was unfortunately cancelled this year which was a, a nightmare um Yes, we would have been right at more or less right at the start of lockdown, I guess May. Yeah. Um, so did you have to do eight, the logistics eight, on 18, that? Eighteenth of May, it was, we were going to start. <clears throat> so when when lockdown started, which was middle of March, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. We was like, nah, it'll be all right. Obviously, we've never been through this before, <laughs> so it was like, that's right. It's a couple of months away, we'll be fine. Lockdown will mm. be a couple of weeks, or you know, maybe a month at the most, we'll be fine. But obviously, that didn't happen at all. Um, so did you have to look after the logistics of postponing that? Yeah, so, well, it's easy to, easy to postpone. I mean, our beef hasn't been open properly no. anyway. So all the venues and everything, all the DJs and all that, it's not a problem at all. We didn't even have to contact everyone straight away. It's just people knew. Um, <clears throat> but obviously, it's all the customers as well. But everyone's been really, really good. We've, we've refunded a couple of people that that just wanted refunds probably 95 percent of the people just said yep yeah, just move us to next year do your favorite podcast people get a special vip suite for next year <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely you don't come. have to I answer that that was a no <laughs> you should definitely come is a, is a no well i mean you can well, come but fuck you i'm not paying the vip suites are taken oh, let's <laughs> kick them out kick them but out. no you should come you should come over we could do a podcast from there. Why don't yeah. we get a podcast from there? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm in. I think we should if we're still we'll, we'll, if we're we'll still going. Out. I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm in. No, no, we'll certainly work something out. All right, wicked. Yeah. I be um, I said I never would again. But it's, it's been, but, it's been but, nineteen years. But, but, oh, I may change your mind. Well, it's next year, so that'd be twenty years. Well, especially yeah. after he said you're his favourite producer. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. How can you say no now? Yeah. Favourite producer, um, favourite record. He does have to go to bed at ten pm. So make sure that your events start at midday. And yeah, it's all day raves, isn't it? Right? It's all day raves. Go to bed at ten, get up at two, and then you come out. <laughs> Lovely. Looking forward to it already. So, <laughs> do you think that you'll be a DJ forever? Yeah, do I ever, think so. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself retiring? No, no, definitely not retiring. If there was anything else, though, that you could do, if someone said you're not allowed to DJ anymore, that's it, what other thing do you think you would enjoy doing? I like the idea of writing, but I'm not particularly good at that yet. I've, I haven't even finished my first book yet. so. But I do like I do like the writing. I like the, the the idea of the My DJ Hub thing, so sort of teaching in a way. I'm not a teacher. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm a, a particularly good teacher, but you've got to learn how to do stuff. If we could get anyone on our from the nineties rave scene on our podcast, anyone who would you really like to hear from and why? I mean, Cole Cox would be a good one if you can yeah. get Cole. He, he's got That's some stories, hasn't he? And stuff. He's had a a colourful uh, journey, all sorts of. He's been around the world a million times, um, so that that would be really really cool. Mickey Finn's always always very interesting. Yeah, he, uh, we, you know, we recently uh, started added him on Facebook. And he's got some funny videos on there. Like yeah, he's got about like, five hundred mobile phones. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a he's a character. He is a character. Most definitely, yeah. Yeah, he's a lovely fellow as well. And a bloody good DJ. Yeah. yeah. Well they're both on our list. Uh, and we'll mm. bear that in mind when we, uh, you can come around and watch. Uh you're listening to uh Roy, you have been listening to Raw. That's it from the one and only Slip Matt. Uh, me, Tom Latcham and Chrissy Richards, thank you for listening. Email your questions, suggestions, or who you'd like to hear on the pod and any shouts to hello at the nineties race podcast.co.uk. And we'll see you next time. Oi oi.
Let's have a look. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to Raw's exclusive interview with Rave Pioneer Slipmap, and there's plenty more to come with Nightfall's great big hardcore legend, Lunacy, up next. If you can spare a few quid to help us improve our recording kit and make it sound even better, that would be just swell. You can do so at gofundme.com forward slash the 90s rave podcast. You can also find us on all your social media channels. Just search for the 90s rave podcast. Goodbye.